message is the living experience. The living experience. And we're going to take it in John 10.10. King James. Woo! I'll do it myself. Yeah. The living experience. This thing just popped up and it was like, wow, okay. Praise the Lord. I love it when that happens. In John 10.10, King James. And then we're going to read it of a couple different translations, but this is where we're going to start from. It says, the, kid, the thief comes not, but for to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that they, speaking of us, might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And the New Living says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He wants you to be rich. And he wants you to be satisfied. <laughs> Come on now. In the message, it says, I came so they can have real eternal life. More and a better life than they ever dreamed of. What is your biggest dream? And that's where he starts. That's his basement. Where we think we're, where our highest level is, that's where he starts. How cool is that? Amplified. I came that they might have and enjoy. It's one thing just to have a life. But you got to enjoy where you're going. Enjoy. Come on. I've seen so many. Uh, somebody came up to me one day and said, something you said years ago, and, and I still think about that. People are miserably saved. <laughs> yeah. I remember Miley used to say, well, if you're miserable, man, you're not doing it right. He used to say that all the time, man. He, and he lived life. He said they might have enjoy life and have it in abundance <laughs> to the full till it overflows. King James, we're back to back to that. We're, 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 we're sticking with the same verses. I want to I drill down. It says, Jesus said, I come that they might have life. And that word life is, uh, in the Greek, it's, it's zoe, which means the God kind of life. This is a, the absolute fullness of life. That's what it says in the Thayer's Greek lexicon. Absolute fullness of life. Jesus said, I want you to be absolutely full. Life or zoe life means what is real and genuine. It's a life that is active. It's vigorous, devoted to God. It's a life that comes directly from God. And where he talks about abundant, it's perisos, which means over and above, more than necessary, something that is super added. In other words, he's saying, I want a biggie size you. I want a biggie size your abundance where you are right now. If you put that together, it says, Jesus said, I have come that we might have life, the God kind of life. It's a life that is real. It's a life that is genuine. It's a life that is active and vigorous, devoted to God, a life that comes directly from God, the absolute fullness of life, and that we might have it abundantly, more abundantly, over and above, more than is necessary. More than is necessary. Come on, think about this. You're going to have life that is more than necessary. He said, I'm going to fix you up and make you bigger than you ever thought you could think you could be that big. He's going to biggie size you. Super added. I like that word, super added. So we hooked that all up with, we're going to go to John 3.16 and, and Romans 6.23. Put those both together. Romans, uh, excuse me, John 3, 16. When you get there, put your finger on Romans 6, 23, because we're going to read them both together. John 6, John 3, 16. The Bible says God so loved the world. Aren't you glad it didn't say God so loved the blue ribbon Christian? 
<laughs> little blue ribbon sheep. No, no. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on, everlasting life. I'm talking about the living experience. And you link that up with Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So think about this. Receiving everlasting life and eternal life, it is God imparting his very nature, his very substance, and being into our human spirits. And it is described by the apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 5.17. We know that one. Any person that is in Christ is a new creation, right? <laughs> all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is that? We're talking about the living experience. And this is a miraculous recreation of man. Where it says, therefore, any man be in Christ. Paul's not talking about the body, the outward man. He's talking about the, the, your spirit, the inward man who is in Christ, right? In Christ, in him. So in the new birth, our spirits are born of God. It is the life and the nature of God coming into your spirit that makes the, the inward man a new creature. It's in coming into us. We invite him in, and then we become new. In John 15, 5, we can go there. John 15, 5. You know all these, but I started putting these all together. And it's like, man, the more you, the more you dig down, it is a living experience. We're living life large. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. But with him, come on, we can do all things. Right? So what's he saying? We need him. We need him. In John 10, 10, and oh, no, no, no. Uh, Jesus came that we would have spiritual life that overflows, right? More than enough, reaching every part of our human spirit and every part of our soul realm, or which talking about our mind or will and our emotions, reaching every part of our physical body, reaching every part of our finances. Think about this. Your finances are included in all this, this package. Our relationships are included in this package, and it all has to do with this temporal life and the spiritual life, right? Right here, right now, where we are. It's a good thing. God is a good God, and he wants us to have the best. John 10, 10 in the Passion, it says, let's go there. We didn't go past John 10, 10, did we? Much. <laughs> it says, John 10, 10 in the Passion... It says, the, uh, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. Everything. He didn't say some things. He didn't say just a few things. He said everything. Everything. And abundance. Yes. More than you expect. What, sometimes we just need to turn our expectors up a little bit more. Just a little tweak, right? Life in its fullness until you overflow. He wants you to overflow. He's taking it personal. He wants you to overflow. He wants me to overflow. He wants us to overflow as a church. Amen. So more abundant 
where they talk about they might have it more abundantly means to have a super abundance of a thing. Abundant life refers to life in its amazing fullness of joy. Amazing fullness of joy and strength for your mind, your body, and your emotions. So you won't be dealing with a bunch of mental because you, you this you know this the, the whole mental illness thing is so big right now it's so rampant that's all you hear about but you get hooked up into this this will cancel that right it's joy and strength for your mind your body and your emotions abundant life signifies the opposite to the feelings of lack emptiness or dissatisfaction and such feelings may motivate a person to seek for the meaning of life and a change in their life come on all of us when we came to the lord we were looking for we were empty, we were broken, we were looking for some kind of satisfaction, we were looking for some kind of fullness, and we found it. We found him. But we all came to him that same way, broken, busted, and disgusted. Right? Mm-mm. It says, such feelings may motivate a person to seek for the meaning of life and a change in their life. In those situations, I know for me anyways, personally, it was so bad, I needed a change. I needed it, and I got it. And I'm still here after all these years. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And so are you. Come on. You think about this. A lot of us, we've been doing this dance for a long time together. And we're still here and we're still dancing. We didn't leave. Come on now. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, King James, please. You got to like it. Sounds like that song, We Are Family. Right? We got our sisters and brothers with me. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now think about this. God's speaking to you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. The thoughts that I think towards you. He's thinking good thoughts towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Verse 12, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me. These all sound positive to me. You'll seek me, find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found of you, says the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. New Living Translation, verse 11, Jeremiah 29, New Living. <laughs> It says, for that, I know the plans I have for you. See, he was thinking good thoughts towards you, but he's, he's got some good plans for you too. God's got a plan for each and every one of us. And my plan is not going to be like Galen's plan that he has. My plan is not going to be like Cheryl's plan. No, everybody, he's got personal plans for us. And he says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Well, that's one thing that we all have in common. God's plans for us are for good, not for disaster, to give us a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. How many people, oh God, where are you? He says, when you pray, I'm going to listen. I hear you. We go, oh God. He's going, what? Oh God, what? Oh God, what? Oh God, what? <laughs> Get past the oh God. <laughs> he says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me, Wholeheartedly, you'll find me. I will be found by you, and I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. You notice that fortunes is plural? 
<laughs> He's going to restore all of your fortunes. Everything that had the canker worm stole. He's going to <laughs> he's going to he's going to restore it. Let's look at this in the message, please. Same verse, 29:11. God speaking. I know what I'm doing. Leave it in the hand of a specialist. He knows what he's doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, wanting it more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. Come on, he will never disappoint. God's decree, I'll turn things around for you. Come on, we're all ready for it. We're all in place for a turnaround. We are in position for a turnaround, and it is our season, and it is time. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and the Bible talks about high time. And it is high time for, for a lot of people, all of us, to start having some turnarounds going on, Right? We're seeing little wisps here and there, little things starting to happen. But I mean, we're, we're talking about a deluge, a flood of, of turnarounds hitting this place. Amen. It is time. It's, yeah, it's high time. It's long overdue. Let's go to uh, Matthew 6.24, New Living Translation, please. Matthew 6.24, New Living Translation. The living experience. The God experience. Come on, the God kind of life. In Matthew 6, 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's what I tell you, not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food uh, and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest, or store food in barns. Pastor was talking about that on Sunday. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Come on, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? In other words, it goes right back to where we started. Trust him. Trust him. Verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Verse 30, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildfire flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why can't we trust him? Verse 31, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, and we're not that. We do not qualify as an unbeliever. I said we don't qualify as an unbeliever. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. In King James, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. And that word seek means to go after something with strong, intense desire. To try to find, to look for, to explore, to frequently follow, to pursue, 
to diligently inquire or require of, to search for as when you lose something. Seek. Why? Because when you seek, you shall find. Uh-huh. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, King James. Let's go there. God's got us. If he said he'd supply all your needs, did he stutter? No, he didn't stutter. He knows what he's talking about. There's a plan, and we're in it. Romans 12, verse 1, King James. It says, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sister, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Do you know that coming to church is a reasonable service? Reasonable. Coming to church on Thursdays is reasonable. Coming to church on Sundays is reasonable. It's just a service. It's what you do. It's like, okay, we're, we're human beings and we breathe air. Well, you're Christian. You go to church. Yeah. Well, the word is alive. Yeah. 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 Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the removing of your mind. Right? No. It says renew your mind. Well, a lot of us want, well, I've seen people want to remove, remove their mind and just go, uh, believe anything they, they, they hear. No, no. We're, we're students of the word. Amen. Right? We're like the Bereans. Check it out. Check it out. Why? Because it's renew your mind so that you can prove what is good what is acceptable, and what is in the perfect will of God, right? New Living says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Allow this word to change the way that you think. Allow the word to do it. Brain bypass. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Let God transform you, because he, he can't transform your brain, but let him transform the way you think, right? Why? Because then you're going to learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. His will is good, his will is pleasing, and his will is perfect for you and for me. I like this in the, in the message. This is good. The Message Bible. Romans 12. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it. Come on. Don't, be so, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. Don't become so well-adjusted to what's going on around here that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, right? So many people want to try to, to, try to uh, clean their fish before they, they catch it. You can't. It doesn't work. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to his level of Im immaturity, God brings the best out of you. That's the part I like. He wants the very best for you, so he's going to bring the very best out of you. And he develops well-formed maturity in you. Let's go over a couple of chapters. Romans chapter 15, <clears throat> verse 13, King James. Romans 15, 13. 
now the hope, now the God of hope fill you with some joy. No, all joy and peace in believing. What is the thing we have to do? We got to be believing. Why? When you're in believing, you're going to be filled with joy and you're going to be filled with peace. That's a living experience that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Amplify, please. May the God of your hope, I like this, the God of your hope, what are you hoping for today? So fill you with all joy and peace and believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Philippians 2.13, please. King James. Let God do it. Philippians 2.13, King James. For it is God which works in you both to do, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let's look at it in the new living. I like the way they, they write it there. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. 2.13. For God is, <laughs> is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He's going to give you the desire and the power to do it. When you allow him, just come on, just let him take over. Stop fighting the feeling. Right? Yeah. The Living Bible, I don't know if you have that up there, but it says this. For God is at work within you, helping you to want to obey him. Come on, he's going to help you to want to obey him and then helping you to do what he wants you to do. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Ephesians 3.20, King James. And then we're going to go to the message after that. Same verses. Um, Ephesians 3.20. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above, all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's a power working in us, especially corporately. What? Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now the message. This is good. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Come on, are your dreams wild? Do you have any wild dreams? Things that are just so far out there that it's just like, man, only God can do this one. We need to have some of those. And he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Come on. Mm -mm -mm. Passion. Here's a good one. Ephesians 3.20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He's going to do it, so don't doubt him. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. 
His power. What a God we serve. Two more sets of verses. Um, Titus chapter 3, verse 4, Passion Translation. Titus 3, verse 4, Passion. When the extraordinary compassion of God, our Savior, and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as a brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us. Not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of extravagant of, of his extravagant mercy. Verse 6, he saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. Talking about the living experience. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. Verse 7, so as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless, since we are faultless, innocent before his face, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message? Do you trust him? Do you believe him? He cannot lie. Amen? Amen. All right, last set of verses. Hebrews 10, verse 21, sticking with the passion. And we'll close with this. And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. We have been, come on now, we have been freed from an accusing conscience. And now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. We're clean. We're faultless. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Always. Discover, here's what, that's why I like, discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. And after COVID, that habit came rampant. Now we're trying to unhabit the habitable, right? For real. Because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and, 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 and urge each other, each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. Amen. That is the living experience, the God kind of life, the Zoe life. He's got us. He's got us. And when you allow him to do what he wants to do in you, it's painless. It's painless. Just enjoy the ride because he knows what he's doing. He has a plan. Let him work his plan in through you, me, us. He's got a plan for this church. It's big. It's big. This, this place is not big enough, but it's a starting point. It's a launch. We started in the smaller spots before. We busted out of them too. Why? Because we give, and it's given unto us good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, busting out. That's what we do. 
That's what we do. So we don't despise small beginnings. We've been small. We've been large. We've been small. We've been large. So what? We've been in the will of God. <laughs> That's the key. That's the key. Come on. If, uh, um, what's his face? Full of paste and flour. Um, Gideon, thank you. Use only 300 people. Because he had a big crowd. Big crowds didn't work. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Let God do his thing. He's got a plan. And we're in it. So, Father, we just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. You said you were going to restore our fortunes. That's plural. So we thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do an outpouring in this place on your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.